Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that help them become more real to us because we believe we can apply them to our lives better when they become real. And that helps us draw more power out of them, and we need all the power we can get. I'm your host, Carrie Mielstein. And before I introduce my, my guest today, I thought maybe we'd just take care of a little bit of business uh, as we're ending the, the, we're really nearing the end of our first year as a podcast. I think we started about this time last year. So this is about a year. Uh, and uh, I've had a lot of people asking. We are going to continue the podcast. We'll be doing this in the New Testament year. Uh, in fact, next week we'll have uh, Andy Skinner, or Andrew Skinner, as our guest, who will take us through the transition that what we call the intertestamental period, the period from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, which will help you understand the New Testament so much better. So be ready for that next year or next week to get us ready for next year. Um, and then uh, we'll continue on, but with maybe some slight changes. Uh, this year, I, I didn't do the podcast as much the way I'd originally conceived of it, because as we got going, it really seemed like uh, people were were wanting a lot of help with understanding the Old Testament. And so uh, we were a little more intense uh, at some periods than normal. Uh, like Isaiah, we'd have, you know, up to seven episodes a week and so on. I don't anticipate doing that again uh, with New Testament. So often probably one episode and sometimes a short cast or something. It will really depend on who has stories they want to share, how many we'll do each week. Uh, so we'll do at least one each week and sometimes maybe three or four, depending upon who has stories uh, that they want to share on that topic. And and if not, then it may just be me talking by myself a couple of times. Um, we're kind of working this out as we go, but we'll we'll focus more and more on the idea of things that made the scriptures real to us and, and a little bit less on comprehensive coverage. coverage. So we certainly are going to try and cover everything in say the the week where any given week's reading instead we'll just choose a story or two that have become real to us so that's how we're going to roll as we go the rest of this uh, year and in particular i'm hoping to add a feature where i've invited uh lots of my students who were with me in jerusalem uh to see if there was something that made the scriptures become real to them while we were there that had to do with the new testament and I'm hoping that a lot of them will respond and will be interested in coming on the, the podcast and sharing some of those. And we're going to start that. This will be our inaugural um, uh, episode of that with uh, a student who not only was my student in, in Jerusalem, but was uh, foolish enough, you will question his judgment. He, he took several classes after that. Uh, and although uh, I, I, I will say he was on the opposing basketball team in our, our tournament, but that's okay. He was on my, my team enough times beforehand. But anyway, uh, this is Sterling Lamus. Welcome, Sterling. Hi there. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sterling's just a great guy and a brilliant guy uh, with a, a new baby and, and so on. He and his wife. Well, I'll, I'll let him tell you a little bit about himself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sterling. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, like you said, I'm just one of your students, and I didn't only really take classes after the Jerusalem Center. I actually took one beforehand. Um, that was actually kind of what helped me to decide to go to the Jerusalem Center. You kind of mentioned it, and I was like, oh, man, if I could study with him in the Holy Land, that would be pretty awesome. And I was doing my, my planning, you know, forecasting when I wanted to graduate, and I had an open semester in there. Because um, with my major, you have to take like a capstone class consecutive fall and winter semester. So mm. the way I'd space it out, I just had an open semester. I was like, what do I do with this? And then like that week you brought up, this is a possibility. I was like, oh, 
That sounds that sounds really good. <laughs> but yeah, then I love the time in, in the Holy Land, even though I, you know, you don't like being beat at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and beaten back. I'd forgotten about that until you brought it up. I guess it's a sore point. <laughs> uh, uh, well, actually, I kind of stopped playing basketball after that, not because that's a knee injury. So those were some of my last games. I, I did injure my knee right after that. So. Well, at least we got you in, in your prime still. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, but then... I took a couple of your classes even after. I think I've taken just about every class that you teach. Uh, I just like, well, like what was you I do. teaching but, Isaiah already by the time? Yeah, I, 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 I took the first time you taught writings of oh, Isaiah. Well, there you go. Yeah, all right. So, I was a guinea pig for that one. I think you just kept calling me a glutton for punishment. So Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but I, I well, like what it. you do with the scriptures. I like how you bring them to life, not only in the podcast, but also in your classes. You really help people to understand and you know, your focus on the covenant, especially, I think was really good. I think it was you were a little ahead of the times because now President Nelson's kind of getting the whole church to focus on some of the stuff you've been teaching about for years and years and years. And I really liked that emphasis, especially with something, you know, I go to a lot of religion classes and I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. Here's that's kind of a new take, but that's good. But a lot of your stuff was like, I've never heard a lot of these perspectives. I, I like this. Yeah, well, so I think that's kind of why I kept coming back for more is because I really learned new things from you. Well, that's that's what we hope happens. So, well, Sterling, before we get into to anything else, let me just do a little bullet point list of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, first of all, the importance of the scriptures being real to us. We're going to talk about um, your experiences uh, in Jerusalem and how your mission tied into that. Uh, yeah, and I think our our audience will even learn about some uh, things about one of their favorite hymns that they didn't know about and maybe a couple of verses that they didn't know about. Uh, and that will allow us to tie it into our lives and our worship and our proclaim, uh, proclaiming about the Savior and uh, maybe a couple of other hidden little fun things as well in there. Wonderful. And I know one of the things before, uh, as we were kind of emailing about this, that, that you said is uh, how important it is for you when the scriptures uh, do come to life for you. So I don't know if you have uh, something you'd like to share along those lines or uh, and if not, yeah. we can just jump right into the, a particular story. But uh, if you wanted to talk about just the general concept, that would be fine as well. I, I think generally it's really important to realize that that these are they're not just scripture stories; they're scriptural events. They didn't just happen to to literary characters; they happened to real people. Yeah. And if they're real people, and if you are a real person, which if you're listening to this, you are a real person, <laughs> you, you then these the, things can I'm happen not to you too. Or something like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Got yeah, the okay. caption test on. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. Like if these, if those are real events, those real events can happen in your life too. You can be a shining example of faith or obedience like Nephi was, or you can, you know, wield the power of God like Moses if you're called to do so. You know, you have those same abilities if you have the faith and if you're, you know, working with God, He can work through you just like He did in the scriptures. Uh, I'm with you. I think that is so important. Like the more real they become, the more I'm able to apply them, not just to myself, but to little aspects of my life, because they have little aspects of their lives as well. And it just it, it just filters into me much more powerfully. So, yeah, wonderful. Well, if we're this is our, our Christmas episode. Uh, and uh, I guess I should just uh, say that we're going to we uh, this should be the middle of three episodes. So there'll be one with the, the Chapel family that will be episode one for this week. Uh, they they spent Christmas with us in Jerusalem one year. And then this one and then uh, one where I kind of tie the Old Testament into Christmas is kind of a transition 
phase that will just be a short cast that you can listen to after this. But as part of our Christmas stuff, uh, why don't you, Sterling, uh, you, you had some, uh, I guess, things happen when we were in Jerusalem together that uh, made that story all the more real for you. Yeah, and I guess, you know, people could probably see this coming where we were in Jerusalem if we're going to talk about Christmas. It was during our Bethlehem field trip. Yeah. So, you know, we got to go there. And we were actually there in the springtime, which was nice, because that's probably more more likely the time when Christ was born. Um, if I remember correctly, I think we were there on St. Patrick's Day, so we actually got two holidays in one. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah, but before we get to that, we got to rewind a little bit. Um I'm going to bring up what my favorite Christmas song is, and that is Angels We Have Heard on High. Which is also my favorite Christmas hymn, by the way. Hey. By, by, I love them all, but by a long shot, that's my favorite. Uh, it's, it's definitely my favorite, too. And that's actually saying something for me. I don't pick favorites a lot. Yeah, I don't either. It's like, ah, oh, they're all pretty good. Yeah. I love the way in that one that you can just belt out praise to God. It, it just mm-hmm. feels so worshipful to me. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I really came to love it when I was on my mission in France. Um, that song is actually originally a French carol. And so it's what my mission president chose as our mission song. And it's, you know, just like everything, it sounds way better when it's in French. So I really grew to love it. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it was a little it was kind of funny, actually, when I got to my mission, I, I went on my mission in October, spent a couple months in the MTC, and then we got to the mission field in december and i didn't actually know this was our mission song like we had our first meeting there in the mission home or in the mission office got our trainers and then we closed the meeting and we we're going to go to our our areas you know closing in we sang angels we have heard on high i was like oh okay that makes sense it's december it's a christmas song i didn't think anything of it and then we went back i think after our first transfer we had something called the blues conference you know in english if you're new at something you're you're green at it you're a greenie what they call some new missionaries, but in France, you're a blue. That's mm. just that's just the term for it. So we went back for this, this blues conference. So it wasn't um, a jazz conference. That's what I was thinking when you said the blues, but it wasn't jazz music. <laughs> now nah, we, we weren't sad or anything, or it wasn't yeah, any okay. music. I mean, there was music, but yeah. <laughs> not blues music. So yeah, we, we went back for this. It was, you know, middle of January, or yeah, probably sometime like that. And then we have our meeting just to see how we're all doing as new missionaries. And then we close with that same song. We're all like, what are we like? Why are we singing a Christmas song in January? So then they're like, Oh, that's our mission song. Didn't you know? We're like, no, why would we know that? Why would we pick that? But yeah, it's what our mission president picked as our mission song. It was a song he loved as a missionary in France. Um, I think, I think if I remember correctly, um, he got to go to a midnight mass when he was a missionary, either the rules were different or they had special permission or something. And he heard that song at a, at a big cathedral in, uh, in Bergerac and he just fell in love with it. And so it just became our, our mission anthem. So we, so we focused on a lot in our, um, in our mission meetings at zone conferences and different things. He would, he would bring it up pretty frequently and we'd always sing it at the end of our meetings. Um, but our, he also teaches that, you know, to focus on the joy that the angels had with them as they were proclaiming the savior being born into the world. He was the promised Messiah. People had waited for him for thousands of years. Uh, it's just the greatest gift that God could give to humanity as the savior. And then his incredible life and his mission is atoning sacrifice for us. And so yeah. pretty awesome gift. And then 
just like the angels were proclaiming with joy, that's what he encouraged us to do as missionaries, would go out and be joyful, just like the angels, and proclaim how Christ can come into a person's life to bless them, bring them the gospel. That's, uh, and I can't think of anything uh, more fitting than to proclaim it with heavenly voice like the angels, right? That, that, that hopefully does inspire us to do that proclaiming. Yeah, I think so. And so now we jump ahead to when we were in the Holy Land. And so I was really looking forward to our field trip to Bethlehem. And then we got to go to a place at the kind of the end of the day called the Shepherd's Field. Um, yeah. And I guess I should be clear for anyone who's been there. Um, in Bethlehem proper, there are places called Shepherd Fields that have actually had churches built over them now and so on. There's not much field left there, caves. And we take our students then to a, a non-churchified, non-commercialized place <laughs> across the valley and looking over at Bethlehem rather than in Bethlehem itself. Um, so we're the only people who call that Shepherd's Fields, but but that's what we call it because, and there's still shepherds that go through there all the time and so on. So, uh, and it's got this great view. So. Uh, if you've been to the one that the tour guides will take you to, you're thinking of the wrong place. So I'm just uh, giving that. This is across the way with this beautiful view of the whole city of Bethlehem. Yeah, that's that's a good point to bring up. But it's also, you know, more realistic. Yeah. To, you know, what, what it would have been like for the actual shepherd. We don't know if where it actually took place, if it was one of those churches or out in the middle of nowhere. But it was someplace like that. Yeah, in, yeah, in it certainly areas. isn't. It has the feel to it of what it would have been like when it's just an open field, which is not what you get when you're over in Bethlehem today. Uh, so it has the authentic feel. And, and I, I think most of the times I've been there, Shepherd has come through with his sheep. So it's a very, very authentic feel. Yeah, I remember when we were there, we went into a, a sheep coat or a sheep uh, sheepfold. Yeah. And it's all, you know, this is what it looks like. This is how they're used. Not only does John 10 come alive where he teaches about that, but they're like, oh, this is really where shepherds were. There's evidence. Yeah. They're, st they're still here, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so cool. yeah so i really i really look forward to knowing you know i have this love for angels we have heard on high and the the memories from my mission so just going there was really cool to be like you know somewhere like this is where it happened you can just you know picture the, the angels coming the shepherds being there watching their flocks and then just hearing the joyful message and then i just thought about my mission song and how wonderful it is and oh I just loved it. It really brought it to life. You could, you can see it when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, let's see here. And then you sang while you're there, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I went on my own and kind of sang it in French because, you know, not many other people spoke French and I had, you know, a good time with that. And then when we gathered together as a class that night, um, I was with brother already. He was the other professor at the time. We switched halfway through great guy as well. Yeah, and, and uh, my audience is probably familiar. Phil Allred has been on a number of times as a, a guest here, so hopefully my audience is familiar with him. Yeah, so we got, we got together and he asked, you know, what are some, some Christmas songs maybe you want to him? Maybe you can tell us why they're special to him, to you, and we can sing them together. So, I, of course, we went, oh, we got to sing Angels We Have Heard on High, and so the whole class could sing it, and I told him why it's so special and how that's something I still try to do today is be joyful in proclaiming, you know, that Christ is here. Know, be the angels coming that he is born be joyful about it and offer what you can proclaim yeah. proclaim his word to others you know i like in in the french version there's actually five verses instead of three in our english and they kind of talk about you know the, what the what the shepherds do 
Now, maybe oh. we got a bit of time. I can actually share kind of the translations. Yeah, that would if be you'd like. You can that go would be just great. Some of those and verses. I think you were also telling me that uh, that they don't call it uh, planes, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the first verse in English says, you know, um, angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing over the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing the joyous strains. And there's really neither of, of the plains or the mountains. There's just hills. Yeah. There's no, there's no flat lands, but there's no giant mountains either. So the first yeah. verse is a little misleading in, uh, in English, at least to the actual terrain, but in French, it just says, you know, the angels that are in our countryside. So it's a little more generic. Yeah. Yeah. So we like that accuracy. <laughs> well, like I said, everything is better in French. <laughs> See, I have so many uh, French jokes. I'm not telling. So anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard them. Don't, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, so like I think the first couple verses they're they're pretty close in English and in uh, and in French they follow themselves pretty closely. So first verse, angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains of Gloria in excelsis Deo and Gloria in excelsis Deo. And I'm I'm pretty sure I think most people they kind of sing that without knowing what it means, but I'm fairly certain it's Latin for yeah. glory to God in the highest. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, French is Latin based, so it helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're taking it from the, the Latin translation that was made by Jerome of what the angel said in uh, Bethlehem, right? <laughs> yeah, in Bethlehem when they, when yeah, he did the translation in Bethlehem. That's exactly yeah. right. And when they made that, um, the angels proclaimed to the the shepherds. That's what they said: "Glory to God on high." Yeah. That's in Latin. That's glory in excelsis Deo. So yeah, yeah that's that's what they're singing. Then let's see the second verse, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song of Gloria in excelsis Deo. So these shepherds, they're going along. They're kind of having a good time as they're going to find the, the, the savior. You know, the angels ask why this jubilee in French? They say, what's this party for? Why are you celebrating so much? They're just so happy to, to know that the savior has come that they get to go and see him. And yeah, the third and fourth verses, um, we don't have those in English. So I'll just kind of translate. Or, or the fourth and fifth? When, no, yeah, third and, uh, sorry, in French, the third and fourth verse. And then the fifth verse is fairly close to the English third verse. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Sorry, right. yeah. I misunderstood that. Okay. Yeah, it's two, two extra verses in the middle of what our English okay. version has. But gotcha. French is the original. So yeah, yeah. we stick gotcha. with it better. So, I, I got you. Yeah. Fortunately, these won't rhyme because harder to make a translation directly rhyme it rhymes in french though yeah, well, that's good though so, the third the third verse in french says that they meaning the angels announced the birth of their redeemer the king of israel and in its gratitude the earth sings out with the heavens of gloria in excelsis deo hmm. gloria in excelsis deo so it don't not only start out with some angels announcing the birth of the king and their redeemer then it also spread to the shepherds then expands to include the whole earth and then even the heavens, which is you know pretty broad if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Everything, all of creation is crying out in thanksgiving to give glory to God for sending this incredible gift, this phenomenal gift of his son. And then doesn't stop there. The French carol continues. The shepherds, far from your places of rest, join yourselves to their concert. And may your gentle music ring out clearly through the air of Gloria in excelsis Deo, Gloria in excelsis Deo. So I like how it says, you know, the angel's simple song has turned into a massive chorus, a concert. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. Singing, it's a big event. Interesting. I never knew that there were two other verses uh, to my favorite hymn. That's fantastic. Yeah, you you can you can look them up. I might have to see if I can uh, set those in some rhyming pairs that we can sing here at home or something. <laughs> that, that probably could be done. I just you know yeah. when I did the translation, I don't want to worry about making yeah. it rhyme. Just yeah, seeing yeah. what it says. But I like how it also takes this. You know, it can also be a personal invitation to join the concert. Right. You can, be, you can be a part of this action. It's addressed to the shepherds far from their places of rest. And I remember as a missionary, I thought about these verses. You know, I felt kind of like a shepherd far from my place of rest or far from my home. I was definitely the farthest away from my home I'd ever been. And we can all take that as also being far from our heavenly home. Hmm. But we're here on earth and we're often given shepherding responsibilities with those people around us. You know, we're all basically invited to be part of this concert and to proclaim to everyone around us what the savior's mission is and how we can benefit from having him in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can make that music be a part of your life, be a part of your testimony and just show it to all the people who are around you. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And, and uh, it does become so real as you sit there and, and think, and you could do this almost anywhere that you can just kind of get out and, and think and look and, and think of, uh, how on one night so long ago there really was Jehovah born as a little babe and mm-hmm. and hopefully it does want, make us want to praise him and God and spread the word like the shepherds would spread the word and and uh, noise it abroad hopefully it has that effect on all of us so as yeah, as, that, as you've that told brings us literal literal meaning to you know Emmanuel God with us like you said Jehovah has come down Absolutely. Uh, so maybe uh, I hadn't thought of this, but actually you reminded me of a story uh, there in that same place that maybe I'll share real quickly. Um, this is our first time in uh, Jerusalem uh, for Christmas. And we were just my family. Uh, the, the second time the chapel family came and visited us for the first time it was just us. And uh, we decided on Christmas Eve after we kind of done everything else and it was getting pretty late, but we thought, you know what, let's drive out to to our shepherd's field right that that uh, place and we drove out there now the the interesting thing is they were doing construction in the area at the time of where you would drive in and walk through to get there uh and they hadn't started we'd been there just actually well it had been uh about a month and a half before uh so we were expecting to be the same but we got out there and found it was really dark and really hard to find our way through and there's barbed wire and there's away and stuff like this. of course yeah and there uh, because of all this construction going on and and uh and there were like we could hear people like coming and going in the dark around us we're like well it's actually getting kind of spooky i don't know about this right and uh but we we still decided to to go out and we found our way and just found a little place to sit down as a family and the the moon there wasn't much of a moon it was pretty dark but a little bit of moon and stars and uh we just sat there and looked across at Bethlehem and we were, uh, we were feeling pretty good, but also a little bit nervous still. Um, and we could see that there was another group just in the, basically in the same area, but just kind of on a little hill, just far enough away. We couldn't really hear them very well or see. We didn't know, are they locals or they, there was some unrest in the area at the time. Are these some people who are upset about what's going on here? We didn't know. And um, so, but we decided we were going to sing a Christmas song. And, and this, this is not only my favorite song, but some of my children's favorite songs. So it's the, the first song we sang. And when we stopped, we, we, we were going to sing another song, but we could hear some for a minute. And, and we started to listen. 
and it was the other group they were singing a christmas hymn as well and uh and and they sang and then we sang one and then they sang one and i can't remember what it was what song it was or how they were doing something but it wasn't very long before i could tell that these were also members of our church and uh my guess was it was probably someone who uh had been there as a student at jerusalem center student long before and they'd come out with their family and figured out how to get there and they were spending christmas eve as well and that spookiness went away and you just had this feeling of of covenant connection honestly like hey we're we're in this together uh i don't know who you are you don't know who i am but we can tell we're we're together and and there was a real peace in that and a real love in that that made me think uh of how that must have been for the shepherds and for mary and joseph who probably felt very very alone that night and then these shepherds show up uh to say that angels have told them and my guess would be that Mary and Joseph suddenly felt a connection and a, and, a, and a peace and a security about things because they found someone else who kind of understood what was happening and they weren't in this alone. And, and uh, having just experiencing that, thinking of that for Mary and Joseph, that made it, it seem fairly real to me how important it is to have that connection when you're, you're doing what the Lord wants and so on, but you can feel alone to, to feel that connection and the strength that comes from that. I, I, that, that has made me think about Mary and Joseph a lot uh, and what, a, what an interesting night that was for them. I really like that. That's a, that's a great experience. Yeah. Well, it's all very real, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and everything at Christmas, hopefully it's more real than ever for us this time of year. So. Uh, thank you, uh, Sterling, for coming on and, and sharing this with us. And, and hopefully it's just given everyone a chance to think a little bit more this Christmas about Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and how real they are and how blessed we are that that story is real. And I think both Sterling and I would like to testify that it's real. So. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I've enjoyed it. It was you know, a little intimidating to... <laughs> to be on here to something that I, I listen to as a regular listener and I'm like oh now I'm now I'm part of it but I yeah, hope you know we get other students who come and share their experiences and you get a lot of people that come and join together especially on Christmas time you know, kind of follow to the, the last verse of the song to come to Bethlehem and see you can come join Mary and Joseph come adore the Savior and well, that would be the be. most important thing in your life yeah and then proclaim it as you said yep Yes. Uh, adore and proclaim. Love God and love each other. Offer him your heart and offer him your voice. Uh, wonderfully said. Wonderfully said. Well, thank you and Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and uh, to all a good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs>